Is it possible that the South Koreans have found the cure for beautiful, perfect skin? And then we travel to Mansfield, Louisiana to take a look at a house that's so haunted, reality may have wiped it off the map. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. Hope you guys are having a great day too. Hope you guys had an awesome weekend. Whatever the fluffle did, I'm sure it was totally great. Until I start seeing crime scene reports where people were shouting, Dead Rabbit Radio, over the corpses of their newly fallen foes. Don't do that. Don't do that. When I say promote the show, that's not what I mean. Coming into Dead Rabbit Command right now, wiping blood off of his hands. One of our newest Patreon supporters and a longtime supporter of the show. It's Lars Dutstein. Everyone give a round of applause to Lars Dutstein. Shake his hand, get some DNA all over you. Lars, you're going to be our captain, our pilot this episode. If you guys can't support the Patreon, that's fine too. Just help spread the word about the show. Really, really helps out a lot. Remember, that does not involve crime scenes. If you're writing the name of the podcast in blood... That is not that is not going to help me. Lars, let's go ahead and we're going to take... I think it's time for a new vehicle. I think it's time for a new vehicle. Let's see. Nah, never mind. <laughs> Lars, I'm going to go ahead. <laughs> Lars, I'm going to go ahead and toss you the hair hang glider. We're going to take a nice leisurely journey all the way from Dead Rabbit Command to South Korea. <sighs> As we're flying out to South Korea, everyone's like South Korea is hot right now, right? You got uh, the band BTS. They're actually old now. They're like they're like in, in their twenties. They're like twenty five, twenty six. I don't even know if they're still technically a boy band, but they're still running around. You got Squid Games. Squid Games is hot. You know, people like eating candy and getting shot in the back of the brain. That's just a normal day in America, but in South Korea they make a television show about it. And but that's not that's not why we're in South Korea. We're not in South Korea right now because it's super hot. I came across. I was just falling down the rabbit hole of research. I came across some really cool South Korean health recipes. Because I know that's what you think of when you think of South Korea. You look at those boys from BTS. You look at those growing men from BTS, and you go, they have really good skin. You're like, Jason, no. First off, why why are you watching BTS videos? Secondly, why are you why is that your go-to thing? It's not about their music, it's not about their fashion, it's about their skin. Well, guy, listen, you whether or not you like BTS, they do have pretty good skin. And and I'll say this. I did not find out about these stories because I Googled how do South Koreans have such great skin. I actually stumbled across these stories. They, they, okay, we're we're just gonna stop. We're gonna stop talking about how I got the stories. Let me tell you these stories. In South Korea, there was this young woman, and she didn't have perfect skin like the growing adults from the band BTS. And she's like, oh man, if only I could spend $10,000 a day on makeup to look like this. But she can't, you know, she's a young girl, high school, I think it was. But she hears from this old lady on the street. She's like, psst, psst, the old lady says, I overheard you talking about wanting crystal clear skin. I have the perfect treat for you. And she holds out a big bag of... Sesame seeds. And she goes, Jason, are you telling us another fairy tale? Hold on. She holds out this big bag of sesame seeds and she goes, I overheard you 
talking yourself about wanting to be beautiful. This is the tip. You go home and you draw a bath. And then you fill it full of sesame seeds. And then you get in the bath and the sesame seeds, I don't know. She didn't really explain this part. She said that'll work. But imagine like the sesame seeds slowly caressing your skin. It's like a defoliation thing. So like all the grody skin's floating away. And then the seed, you just kind of like move around in the bathtub and the seeds are like rubbing up against you. And you're like, oh, I can actually feel. It's like basically imagine sleeping in liquid pumice. So you're like, Jason, that sounds like the most uncomfortable thing ever. Maybe, but you're skin would be smooth so she takes this she takes this beauty tip from this old crone living on the street and she buys this bag of sesame seeds she goes home she makes the bath and she's oh this is so relaxing she's kind of moving around and the seeds are rubbing up against her and she loves it she feels like her skin is instantly becoming smoother psychosomatic maybe right maybe it's actually working And so she starts taking these baths more frequently, and she starts taking them for a longer amount of time. And so one day, though, her mom's sitting in the living room reading a book. She goes, that's weird. My daughter's been taking a bath for an awfully long time. I should go see what she's up to. The mom, she gets up. I don't know why I'm building this up so much. I turned it, this is actually like a two-paragraph story. I've turned it into an R.L. Stein novel. The mom slowly creeps up the stairs. Eat, eat, eat. And she sees the bathroom door, and on the other side of the door, she hears sobbing. Her daughter's sobbing. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) And the mom reaches for the doorknob and opens the door. And inside the bathtub sits her daughter, sobbing, half through pain, half in terror. She had taken such a long bath this time that her pores opened up. (laughs) Her pores opened up, and the sesame seeds slid into her pores. She's covered in these little seeds sticking out of almost every inch of her body, and she's sitting there in blood-soaked water with a toothpick as she pops seed after seed after seed out of her completely mangled skin. So, (laughs) that I know you're going, whoa, Jason, that's amazing. What news, what what newspaper did you get that totally true story out of? Or or are you reading Creepypasta? Has that rabbit radio just become Creepypasta? Wait, it has not become Creepypasta. Technically, that's an urban legend. So I'm allowed, that's the rule. I'm allowed to tell urban legends on this show because we can investigate them. In South Korea, this is a big urban legend. About the young woman who got sesame seeds stuck in her. Now, I wasn't able to find any real proof of this. What's interesting is South Korea has a really, really believes in urban legends. Like in America, we have like the Vanishing Hitchhiker, and then on the border, we have like La Lorna, and the, <laughs> they pronounce it correctly. They pronounce it correctly. And even like Bigfoot, Wendigo, that stuff would be considered urban legends at a certain point. But no one has ever passed a law regulating the Vanishing Hitchhiker. 
In South Korea, the elevators used to not have stop buttons. There's a very, very popular urban legend about a young woman who lives on the 14th floor of the building. And so this handsome man gets on the elevator with this young woman late at night, and they're going up, and his floor is the 13th floor, and hers is the 14th floor, and he's charming. He's, he's really taking her off guard. He really likes this guy. And then the elevator dings, and he gets off on the 13th floor, and then he turns around and he goes... See you on the next floor. I'm going to stab you to death. <laughs> and he runs down the hallway and then the elevator door shuts. And there's no stop button on the South Korean elevators. So it's slowly going up. And for the time between the 13th floor and the 14th floor, she has nowhere to go. She's completely panicked. She knows she's going to be brutally murdered when these doors open. And sure enough, the doors open and the man rushes in and stabs her to death. Because of that, that's a very popular urban legend, there are now stop buttons installed in South Korean elevators. Now, I said I, I imagine they always had stop buttons, but then we did an episode a long time ago about a South Korean train caught on fire, and it turns out like they're like, oh, we don't need fire extinguishers on a train. So they do have some weird, weird safety stuff. But And there's an urban legend about a woman who puts a tampon up and there was a cockroach egg, <laughs> not a whole cockroach, not a whole cockroach. There was like cockroach eggs on the tampon. And when she inserts it, she then gives herself cockroach eggs all throughout her guts. And that's an urban legend. But to this day, apparently, because they were showing, I saw like screen grabs of this. To this day, whenever any sort of insect is like photographed on a tampon or a sanitary pad, it's in the news. It's such an urban legend that people, they talk about it in the news. They're like, warning, women do not use any tampons this month. Here's a photo of one tampon with a cricket on it. So, it is an urban legend about the sesame seeds. But it's, they take urban legends super seriously over there. I'm wondering if there is, if that is a beauty tip. Soak yourself in... Sesame seeds, and then someone goes, what if your pores open up? <laughs> when I say somebody, a six-year-old, because obviously poor, if your pores are opening up so wide that sesame seeds can go into them, I think you have... Wait, sesame seeds are the tiny ones, right? Oh, I don't know. Those, <laughs> those might fit in you. I was imagining, like, a little sunflower seed, like when you pop it open and... Nom, nom, nom. But sesame seeds are the ones on, the, like, the hamburger buns. Those, those can totally... Oh my god, this story's ten times more scary. Those could totally fit in your pores, I think. I think, right? Crazy. Urban legends that actually, like, affect society. People don't pick up hitchhikers because of the story of the vanishing hitchhiker. People don't pick up hitchhikers because of the totally true stories of people getting murdered by hitchhikers. Not because, oh, and then, then I'm afraid the hitchhiker might disappear before I get to their destination. But in South Korea, you have a different issue. And while we're in South Korea, I said I was going to give you beauty tips. Beauty tips, right? I only gave you one. I got to give you another one. There, there, was this, there was this young boy in South Korea. We're walking down the street and we see this young guy and he's kind of kicking a can down the street. And he's like, oh, man. Not having the best day. <laughs> First off, my sister was in the bathtub all day. And then they had to rush her to the emergency room. I don't know what's going on. I just heard her screaming in pain and the mother was sobbing. And I was like, oh, you drama queen. <laughs> so they pull her body out of the blood-soaked bathtub. Whatever. Always looking for attention. But I get unwanted attention because I have acne. I have, like, acne scarring on my face. And 
this young man's very, very self-conscious about about that. So he's walking down the street, and he sees this he sees this hideous old woman. She's putting away her stock of sesame seeds, and she sees this young man walking by. She goes, young man, you look like you're self-conscious about your facial acne. And he's like, yeah, it does bug me a lot. And she goes, I have the perfect cure for that. What you do is you catch a cockroach. And that was the sound of nearly everyone shutting off the podcast at once. Except for one South Korean guy being like, go on. I need to know this beauty secret that obviously will not end badly. The old lady goes, catch a cockroach. You catch a cockroach and you put it on your pillow and then you go to sleep. And when you wake up, your face will be perfectly smooth, like nothing happened. Now, this is great, right? Why don't we love beauty secrets like this? Drink a co- I was watching a YouTube video the other day, and it said the way you prepare your coffee can make you lose 30 pounds in a month. Now, obviously, I know it's a scam. That's not how it works. But wouldn't that be great, right? You're just like, people are super emaciated all the time. They're like, oh, I've been making my coffee the wrong way this whole time. Oh, an accident. No. But anyways, it'd be great if you could just grab a cockroach, and then your your face... Looks the way you want it to. Well, this young man, he catches a cockroach, goes to sleep. When he wakes up the next day, the cockroach is gone. He's like, oh, call me later, sweetheart. <laughs> the cockroach ran away in the middle of the night. But he wakes up, and before he can be sad that his new buddy's gone, his face is perfectly smooth. Like, all of the acne scars have been filled in. He has this full face. He's like, yes, this is awesome. That old crone was right. And so he's at school later that day, and he's he's itching. Oh, man, I don't know. I don't know. My face does itch. But it looks beautiful, but it's a little itchy. That's weird. And as he's itching it, he starts to feel something, like, move under his skin. And he's thinking, did the cockroach get under my skin? Is that why my face is so smooth? And then he looks. The cockroach is not in his skin. It's not the cockroach why his skin is itchy. He's like, oh, that's a relief. Because I was afraid the story would end with a cockroach crawling around my face. And I could feel its little legs on my muscle tissue. And I can actually watch it like my face shift as its wings fluttered. Instead, as he's itching his face, he realizes that all... Of the places where his face is now puffy are full of cockroach eggs. They're slowly moving. They're starting to wake up. <laughs> okay. Technically, <laughs> technically, that is not creepy. It's <laughs> not creepy pasta. That is an urban legend. And it's great, isn't it? Isn't that terrifying? I remember a long time I heard the story about. The woman who was licking... I think I told this one before in the podcast. It's one of those urban legends that totally freaked me out. She was... I still don't do it to this day. She was licking envelopes for her wedding. And she, wedding invitations. <laughs> it wasn't her whole ceremony. She's like, yay! I'm the happiest woman alive! She was putting wedding invitations. And she got a paper cut on her tongue. And long story short, her tongue started throbbing. And no one could figure out why. And then like she went to the oral... I guess the long story's not short. But she goes to the oral hygienist. She goes to the dentist. She's going to all these different people. Finally, she goes to the doctor... And he cuts her tongue with a scalpel and two cockroaches fly out of her tongue. And it turns out that there are cockroach eggs on the pla- on like the adhesive. You can't tell me cockroach eggs aren't on adhesives. 
That's why I don't use tape. I only use nails. I only use nails, tacks, and staples for everything. If there was if there was a cockroach egg on a piece of scotch tape, I don't care. But if there's cockroach, I'm not licking scotch tape. You can't tell me that. I don't think they'd turn into full-grown cockroaches and two cockroaches fly out of your mouth. <laughs> I don't care if it's just one cockroach. I don't care if it's just cockroach eggs. I don't want them in my tongue. I don't want them in my body. I don't want them under my skin. It's super gross. I just read an article today. There's some new flesh-eating STD going around Britain. And they go, there's only 60 cases so far. I <laughs> go, way too many cases of any flesh-eating STD. And what makes this one, you got like these little red ulcers all over your genitals. What makes this one horrible, other than the fact that it includes words like red ulcers and genitals, this one can be spread through non-sexual touch. So if someone is having a particularly aggressive day with their flesh-eating STD, and they're itching it, and then they go cantaloupe shopping. This is in England, by the way. I'm not super worried about it right now. But in the UK, they have 60 cases of this. You go to get, you think you're just buying a cantaloupe. Instead, you got big red ulcers on your fingers. At best, right? I don't know. Would you rather have ulcers on your fingers or in genitals? I use my fingers more often, so I don't know. <laughs> Put that in the comments. Comment, like, and subscribe. Let me know where you want your flesh-eating ulcers. Lars, let's go ahead and leave behind South Korea. We are going to hop in the carpenter copter. Let's call that bad boy in. We're headed all the way out to Mansfield, Louisiana. <laughs> It's funny, I have been watching Squid Games. I'm not done yet. I got two episodes left. I thought the South Korean tourist board must hate this show. It makes South Korea look like the biggest cesspool. I've seen movies that make North Korea look better than, than Squid Games make South Korea. The first two episodes are about people having their organs removed against their will to pay off a debt. And I looked up the exchange rate. We're talking like $20,000. They're like, first, we'll take one of your eyeballs. This woman is so poor, her feet are going to fall off. I mean, it's insane. I was, I'm watching. I'm like, what? I, if I was in South Korea tourist board, I'd be like, this. we have to start counter-programming right away. Our, our country is not run by organ-stealing mafias. And old women, you can keep your feet. If you come to South Korea, we will not take your feet. It's it's bleak. It constantly rains. It's horrible. I never want to go to South Korea. And I hear they have a horrible cockroach problem as well. Apparently, you can just walk down the street. And if I had to capture a cockroach here, it would take me a long time to find a cockroach. Apparently, some high school kid could just pick one up walking down the street. So South Korea is not the place to be. But where the place to be is, is Mansfield, Louisiana. Lars, go ahead and land that carpenter copter here. The story starts around the 1960s. The story was posted online, so we're trying to like piece together like actual dates, and it was posted by a young woman, and this is the story of her grandparents and her mother. So we're going to take their point of view going into this. But I want to give a shout-out to Natty Cakes for sharing this story. They found it quite creepy. Good Halloween story. Mansfield, Louisiana, there's this beautiful house, and... We're going to sign these names. We don't know the people's actual names. But Paul and his wife, Eileen, 
and Eileen's sister Susan, they all move into this beautiful house. And Paul is the Baptist minister in town, and they already have a family that is pretty growing up as well. This isn't a starter home. This is a home where they're just going to spend the rest of their days. But shortly after moving in, Susan started to lose her mind. Now, looking back, we may be able to see some of her behavior as early Alzheimer's or dementia. But in the 1960s, these things weren't commonly known. All the family really could say was she went nuts. She went crazy. She was acting oddly in the house. And she passes away. A tragic, tragic event. But life goes on. After Susan dies... Eileen started acting weird as well. One day Eileen is sitting on the kitchen table and her daughter Judy is there. They're just kind of talking. Now her mother had been acting weird for a while at this point. But again, what do you chalk it up to? Now just getting old, getting senile. That was the word we used as a kid, senile. But as Judy is sitting there looking at her mom and they're just having this conversation, she sees a shadow standing behind her. Trick of the light? Maybe. But the shadow begins to move. The shadow begins to dance. This rhythmic motion behind Eileen. And then as Judy is sitting there watching this happen, she sees the shadow crawl into her mother. That is when the story stopped being, I think mom is going crazy. I think mom's getting senile too. Mom may have been possessed. This is Louisiana. Paul's a minister, a Baptist minister. So you believe in this stuff. You believe in possession. You believe in the battle between good versus evil. It's not just a physical one, not just a moral one, but a spiritual one. And these beings are out there. Eileen, when she gets in her moods, when she gets senile or crazy, however you want to describe it, she talks in a different voice. The family's starting to worry because... It's one thing to have someone in the house who like forgets to take their medicine every once in a while or forgets to put the tea kettle off. But when they're actively angry, when, when they have these bursts of wrathful vengeance and their voice changed and you just don't know what's going to happen, now you're really dealing with a powder keg situation. The family starts to tell Paul... Because, again, their family, their children, Judy is an adult. The families have spread off. Their kids have had kids at this point. So they're not living in the house with Paul and Eileen. But their kids are saying, I think something's wrong with the house. And they're directly talking to their father, Paul. Something's wrong with mom. I know, I know. No, no, no. We think it's spiritual, dad. And Paul thinks about this for a while. And he goes, I know. I know there's something wrong with this house, but we're not going to leave this house. So Paul and Eileen continue to live in this house. 
One day, Paul shares a very troubling story with his daughter, Judy. He says, I know you have these issues with mom. She's acting weird and you think it's something spiritual. Something happened a couple nights ago. Figured you should know. I woke up in the middle of the night. Eileen was already awake. She was standing over me while I was sleeping. She had a knife in her hand. Judy is like, okay, this has gone to a totally different level. Dad, if you're not going to, you know, work within the system, i.e. the church to try to, I don't know. See, Baptists don't believe in exorcisms. That's the thing. I'm Southern Baptist. We don't really believe that there's some sort of right. You know, a power of Christ compels you. The whole ritual, that's not something Baptists believe in. So this would be par for the course. You'd be like, well, we're just going to pray and we're just going to keep doing our thing. But Judy goes, listen, I don't feel safe for my mom or my dad. So she consults a psychic, which is a big no-no in Baptist culture. But she consults a psychic, and a psychic does this investigation, and the psychic comes back and says, that house is a portal to hell, and the only thing you can hope to do is to burn it to the ground. But of course, no one's going to do that. Skeletons could be walking out of your closet. You're still going to want your investment back from buying the house. So they don't do that. Shortly after the psychic gets involved in the investigation, her own son dies in an accident. And the psychic blamed that house for it and said, don't ever contact me again. I'm not going to help you guys. I want nothing to do with your family. Considering most psychics are scam artists and they only want your money, that alone is very telling. The odd incidents just start piling up in this house. One night, Judy was sitting... Why is she still even... Why is she still even visiting this house? One night... You know, it's a family house. It's where your your parents are. I know you're going to visit from time to time. But one night, Judy is sitting in the kitchen late at night. And it's one of those kitchens with the back door. And they have the window that looks out into the darkness. And as she's sitting in the kitchen, she looks out that back door. Something draws her eyes there. She's looking out that window into the unforgiving night. And she sees Susan staring in from the darkness. Susan, the older sister who had passed away years before, creepily staring inside the kitchen. That was the word they actually used as she creepily stared into the kitchen. Judy and two of her brothers were there visiting as well once. They were in the guest room. Brothers were sleeping on the floor and she was on the bed. And in the middle of the night, Judy wakes up. She smells a scent, a familiar scent, a beautiful scent. Her grandmother. It was a smell that she associated with her grandmother who had passed away long ago. She's sitting in this guest bedroom and she can smell the fragrance that she would most associate with her loved one. And she gets this sense that even in the chaos of this house, her grandmother's spirit is here to protect her. It's here to watch over her. And then, clear as day, she hears a voice in her head. 
That's not your grandmother. Judy is telling her daughter all of these stories. Their daughter is Natty Cakes, the one who posted this online. And the daughter's like, we have to visit this house. She had gone to it as a young child, but she refused. When she was first born, they took her to go visit the grandparents, and she flat out refused to go in the house. At any point, she'd scream and cry. She wouldn't go in. She wouldn't go in. She wouldn't go in until eventually that night, she had to sleep in the car with her mother and father. She would not go into the house. That was her first introduction there and natty wants to revisit this house you know you get older you get a little braver you're no longer a toddler you can speak you can use words she wants to go visit this house and her mom wants to visit the house as well not necessarily as some sort of paranormal investigator but it is the house of her parents but her mom's not in the best of health right now and it's a four-hour drive to mansfield louisiana from where they're at she's hearing all these stories her mother's telling, and she goes, Mom, I'm going to look it up on Google Maps. I at least kind of want to like see the house. It's been so long since I've been there. So the mother gives her the address. She can't find the house. She gets as close as she can. And she goes, is this it? This, is this it? And the mom's like, no, no, it's this address. But Google Maps is not showing that house. Now, she says, maybe my mom got the address wrong, but my mom is adamant. I mean, this was a house she was at a lot. This is where this house was. But they cannot find it on Google Maps. Both of, both of Judy's parents have passed away by now. In 1985, Paul passed away. And so that left Eileen to live in the house by herself. But obviously that wasn't going to work. Whether it was mental decay or demonic possession. Yeah, but either of those people live together, right? If it's mental decay, they're just going to like fall down the stairs and, and mix up their medicine and be like, uh. Oh. If they're demonically possessed, they're going to be like kidnapping little kids and like trying to like sacrifice people to the old gods and things like that. So I mean, you don't want either of those people to have their own lair. So they take in Eileen. For a brief time, Eileen lives with Judy and Natty. And then, you know, that doesn't work out. Eventually. Not, not because she was trying to kill the kids and she's like, the old gods must be satiated. It was because of more like, you know, you just can't take care of an old person by yourself. Like cleaning and bathing, <laughs> chasing them down, destroying the Necromenon before it destroys us all. So they put her in a retirement home, a, a care home, really. And while she was there, one day the staff called the family and said, hey... Uh, we had an issue last night with Eileen. We don't really know how to describe this. She got out of her room last night. And she walked down to the dining area. It turns out that she snuck out of her room in the middle of the night, went to the dining room area, removed all the wallpaper from the walls, and neatly rolled them up and set it on the floor. And they go, we have no idea how she did that. And the amount of time and no tools is just a weird thing. Even removed from the house, Eileen was continuing to do bizarre things. She also has passed away at this point as well. She passed away in the 90s. A creepy story. A haunted house story like no other. A story where it's not just a few things are happening in the house. Uh, chandelier moves when there was no windows open or a cold spot 
in a house built back in the 1800s. Nothing like that, right? We have some serious interpersonal interactions over the course of years and years and years. And, I, and honestly, I left out some of the more sensational stuff. Because honestly, it makes the story sound completely ludicrous. Like, um, apparently one day the boys woke up and they went to the backyard and the entire garden was three feet higher. Like, everything had sprouted up. They're like, Gagonza, look at that big thing of celery. That might have happened. It sounds super dumb, but it might have happened. So we're talking about some crazy events. And also we're getting it through the filter. We're getting stories passed down from generations. So the story's being written by Natty. She's getting it from her mother, who experienced a lot of the events firsthand. But we do have that game of telephone and stuff like that. So you have events going on, a lot of activity, and most likely, if we're in the paranormal world, a demonic possession of not just one, but two people. It was possible that Susan also fell prey to this. That's what was driving her crazy. And we don't know where the house is now. But someone's probably living in this house, right? You may not be able to find it on Google Maps, but it exists. And there's a family in it. They're making it their home. Now, if someone from Judy's family moved in, they would already know all of this backstory, but a new family moving in, they would not know any of this stuff. They would simply go about life, but as the matriarch of that household starts to exhibit some anger issues, starts to lash out at the children, starts to pace down the dark hallways late at night, there'd be no context for it. The people in the neighborhood... Back when Paul and Eileen were living there, the people in the neighborhood said, we didn't really like the feeling that house gave. But back in the 1960s and 1970s, neighbors talked to each other. Each house now is almost like an island separated by miles of water. You may have a little bit of communication with the house closest to you, but a lot of neighbors don't know each other. And this new family that's moving there, do they know any of these stories? Do the neighbors know any of these stories? If everyone just moved on or passed away at this point, and a family moves into this house and they don't understand What's going on? Is my wife having some sort of difficulties? You know, COVID, it's been really stressful. and the Kids haven't been able to go to school and all this stuff. Is, is that what's going on? And this woman is starting to act more and more erratic. This family doesn't know how to deal with it. But they're dealing with it the best they can. While all this chaos is going on in the house, as this young mother is trying to go about her day, while a shadowy form dances behind her. There's two sisters standing outside the back door of the kitchen. Both of them waiting for this third woman to finally join them. Another soul trapped in this cursed house. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. TikTok is at deadrabbitradio. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. TikTok is at deadrabbitradio. 
Good Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day. I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys.